welcome back to May Contain Violence. We continue to look at our 90s vampires, this time focusing on the small screen, on a couple of favorite television shows of Mallory and I. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a glass of red wine, and let's continue. There we go. Hey. Hey. I don't know why I've become so popular on Instagram lately, but I just got like my third uh, fake pretty girl wants to send me a message in like a row here. Oh, yes. You oh, know. I had a lot of those fake profile. I had I like because I follow Ryan Reynolds on um, on Instagram, uh-huh. and he posted something funny. So like I like every time I like something or comment on something, there's been all these fake Ryan Reynolds profiles trying to add me, and I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that today. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. man, 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 how are you, Mallory? I'm doing good. I'm I'm surviving. Cool, cool. I'm sitting here drinking my uh, my hot cup of coffee. Oh, I just finished mine. What kind of uh, what kind of mug do you have? Um, it's a uh, non fancy. Well, my uh, Daryl Walking Dead mug is being washed, so I have okay. a non fancy bowring mug. <laughs> a bowring, a bowring mug. It's oh. just it's just a nondescript brown mug that's like oh, low okay. and round. But I'm drinking, um, I'm going to plug it here. Deadly Grounds is open again. for. Oh, nice. I want to visit there. Oh, and a, a very happy news, too. Um, they're expanding. So right now I'm drinking Taste Invaders from 8-Bit Beans, which is also another coffee place at Whippy. They do okay. coffee and video games. Jesus, why is Durham region getting all the cool coffee places? Because they just... There's a there's a need for them out there. There's nothing else much out out oh, there. This so, is true. This is true. <laughs> but it's a hazelnut cream coffee that I'm drinking right now. And then Deadly Grounds, I have a shipwrecked coffee, Jamaican rum flavor, sitting here waiting to be drank in a little bit. Oh. So, so hazelnut I, is my favorite flavor to put in coffee too. So it it they're very good because they have a partnership with Eight Bit Beans. Okay. And um, yeah, so I the I was out there last weekend to pick up my beer fest kit, and I ended up stopping by to pick up some coffee because I'm I was in desperate need for it. <laughs> and right. they're expanding; they were doing construction right while we were stopping by to pick up stuff. And uh, it was Edward's first time, so he was like, "Oh, this is neat. This is where you want to hang out." And I'm like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> <laughs> Showing him all the cool stuff, and he's just he he was taking it all in, and there's some stuff obviously that he he would love to go back and look at, but it's more of my right. place, so cool. Oh man, yeah, I have to have to get out there. I have to get out anywhere. Actually, it's I would I would just be happy to. <laughs> to I think we'll, we would all just be happy to be out and not necessarily like just with people but being able to sort of just interact in a safe space yeah. with other people and not have that taken away like it's, it's not like a privilege like it keeps getting revoked every single time <laughs> exactly don't don't give me something and take it away it's yeah. i'm it's a punishment 
yeah it's 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 worse it's worse like, mm-hmm. all right um hey you want to talk some vampires yes of course um so i realized uh that um we 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 missed a movie from the 80s <gasps> which people one are probably, people are probably like shocked that we didn't mention it and oh, no. it's probably one of the two most popular ones from the 80s uh we talked about the lost boys of course yes and i'm guilty of not mentioning this one because i have not seen it i have not seen it mm-hmm. and i'm gonna make you guess and see if you can figure out what it is I'm terrible, and I will not be able to guess this. Like I'm a horrible okay. guesser, so you can just okay. tell me. It, no, no, like, no, no, no. It'll make it more fun. Okay, so uh, the first uh, first clue. Um, let's see how how can I put this? Uh, okay, this is the most. This is an actor uh, actor clue. Mm-hmm. Um, both of the main actors. Mm-hmm. I think there's about three actors, but two of them. Uh, have both appeared in James Cameron films. Okay. There, there are two actors who have actually more than once appeared in a James Cameron film. Okay. Um, and it takes place in modern times. Okay. And it's very bleak. Very bleak. It's not stuff. Children of the Corn, is it? No. No, okay. this is Vampire. Okay. <laughs> I, I just not, mean not a creepy kid me. film. Okay, I was like, oh god, I, I'm like, no, because I just immediately when I think of James Cameron, I go straight to Linda Hamilton. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of a Linda Hamilton film. I'm like, no, no, no. no uh, both of them are male actors. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Michael Bay is Michael Bay one of them? No, it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He wasn't in anything else that no. would be vampire-esque okay no, no i'm just trying to think of cameron films that like where there's recurring <laughs> uh i mean i'm horrible because as much as i love cameron i just completely blank on actors that have been in his movies um <laughs> Because I just immediately go to the Terminator franchise. That's the first okay. Thing I well, you you be in you be right in one. Okay. Actually, you be right in both. Okay. But they weren't. One was not a big one. One was more of a cameo, small bit, and but okay. one was a not main, but kind of a lower down on the on on the cast list. Okay, ter- are we talking Terminator One or Terminator Two? I'm I'm googling this right now because oh, you cheat! You I'm cheat! Cheating okay. right now. One one <laughs> ap- <laughs> um, one appeared in both. Okay. The Terminators, mm-hmm. and one appeared in the first one only. Also, in Aliens, both of them were in. Uh, I want to say, oh God, I want to say Michael Bane. <laughs> He it's was not, an alien. Not Michael B. I know it's, but it's not Michael B. No, no, no. Oh, it's not okay. the doctor, right? It's not the doctor from the first one, is it? It's not no. involving the. Okay, I'm I'm horrible at guessing. You're just gonna have to tell me. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, the movie, um, the movie's near dark. Near dark. You you've not seen it? No. Okay, I haven't this seen is... it either. Yeah, it's it's a apparently it's a pretty big uh, cult following movie. And 
every like horror vampire fan is like, how the fuck did you not see Near Dark or mention it? I I've just never had the chance to see it, but um, it's uh, and I, I've always wanted to because um, I I always hear it mentioned. Mm, okay, Bill Paxton lands Hanrickson. Okay, yes. see, I would not have even like remembered <laughs> Bill Paxton. Yeah, being in any like Alien, yes, yeah, Lance Hendrickson, yeah. Alien, yes, and he was in term the first Terminator. Yeah, he was yeah. a cop. Yeah, he was a cop in the first Terminator. Yeah, see, uh, I would not even know this movie. It's Catherine yeah. Bigelow directed it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know, okay. which is another like okay, a female horror director, which is you know not huge back in the eighties <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. Um. But yeah, apparently it's it's really good. Um, I and I just it's not available to any of the streams that I have, and I rarely mm-hmm. see it in the uh, if at all when I've gone like DVD bin diving. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, can't really talk about it if we haven't seen it. <laughs> sorry. No, see this. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> one vampire movie I have not seen. Yeah, but on it's my uh, list. it's on my list now, and I'm gonna keep an eye out for it. I'm sure that my cousins are going to kick me in the butt for that, for not Shut- knowing near dark. I'm just, I'm, I'm disowned now. <laughs> Shudder doesn't like, even have it, man. Oh, okay. So then, okay. It must not be that. If it's a cult following, there's not always uh, a huge distribution for it. it. It's, it's, it's like that um, movie that, uh, that had Pierce Brosnan. It was based on that, um, on that Stephen King one that I was telling you about that I'd never, uh, the lawnmower man. Oh, right. Right. And, and I, I, I had never heard of it or seen it, but yeah, it's yeah. one of those, it's one of those where I'm like, I don't know. I have never seen it. Oh, speaking of, okay, we'll just do some, a little bit of horror news. Cause mm-hmm. I just came, came across it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not vampire related, but mm-hmm. uh, apparently, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's confirmed yet. Um, mm-hmm. So this might be more rumor, but um, uh, Lawnmower Man, no, the, Lawnmower, no, The Running Man. The Running Man okay. is going to be remade, apparently. Okay. Uh, and it looks like Edgar Wright is interested in it. Oh, okay. So maybe it'll have, it'll, it'll be good because I love Edgar, Edgar Wright movies and he's, oh, he's not. He's not done me wrong. No, yes. exactly. He's uh, he's a director who, from his television work right to his movies, I've never been disappointed with. So, mm-hmm. always highly enjoyed his films. Is it is it going to be a movie or is it going to be a miniseries? Because I feel like I that would have been more miniseries. Yeah, I think it's if it's right, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a movie. Mm. Um, but hopefully, it's going to be a movie that is closer to the book because mm-hmm. uh, sorry the novella what it wasn't a full-size book it was a novella it, it yeah. appeared in one of the bachman uh, collections the richard mm-hmm. bachman collections um and it had much more of a um global uh running around trying to to, to get away uh rather mm-hmm. than kind of a set arena which the movie did yeah um, don't get me wrong i love the movie it's it's fun campy sci-fi um but it's very different from the book as which most Stephen King novel <laughs> adaptations are mm-hmm. but um yeah that'll be uh 
I'd be interested in uh, in seeing. I would be for sure. I mean, yeah. again, Edgar Wright has never done anything dirty. Like, has never done as even when he's adapted something, he's never done it dirty. So, I yeah. Will, well, I will. I watch it. He's mainly. I think he's has mainly been original works or mm-hmm. or heavily homaged uh, works like um, Shaun the Dead, obviously huge homage to horror and zombies but very mm-hmm. respectfully done yeah um and uh um, hot fuzz as well homage to oh. 80s films yeah but again very well done yeah. he's yeah again he just has respect for and baby driver who just a movie driven by a soundtrack <laughs> and that was his intention from the get-go he goes i want a, I want a movie that is entirely driven by the music exactly and it drives the plot and it, it's fantastic if you haven't seen baby driver yet go see it <laughs> fun. totally non-horror related at all but a really, really fun movie it is um, it is but, enjoyable but edgar wright has a very he, he loves horror he i mean mm-hmm. that was apparent with sean um, oh yeah but uh uh, and even Hot Fuzz was pretty violent. <laughs> Hot Fuzz was violent. Um, but no one died. Like, well, no one, yeah. none, of, no, none of the bad people died. Uh, they were all arrested. Uh, what was the, the third movie in the trilogy? I always want to call it The Gold Mile, but that's not what it's called. It's, it's yeah. called. And I always get mixed up with the uh, the other film that came out almost the exact same time. Um, this is the end because it's the title. Yeah, it drives me up the wall. And you know what? Google, quick Google. <laughs> End of the worlds? Um, no. Uh, um, here, I'm just gonna type in Edgar Wright, and it'll come up right away. I guarantee you. Uh, the world's end. The and world's that's end. That's the last pub that they go to on the golden. I that's don't know right. why, but I just want to call it the Golden Mile because that's the name of the the pub crawl that they're supposed to go that, on. Yeah, yeah, that was the the map laid out. Yeah. Yeah, but great movie. Yeah, I, I think that that was a great ending to that whole trilogy, the too. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's he's great again. But let's see what happens with the Running Man. Yeah, I don't think he'll do it wrong. I think he'll do it right. Yeah, it's an in, it's an interesting choice because um, I think he is going to do a very different spin on it, um, and I, I I think that, you know what? I I came and say I he's going to do a totally true adaptation of the book uh it's been a long time since i read the book i read that book in high school mm-hmm. but I, I remember reading it and it was like wow this is like completely different from the movie it, was, it wasn't as mm-hmm. larger than life it wasn't as um kind of not, not hokey's not the the word but it's not as american gladiators but with deadly consequences mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not like that at all it was like he's getting hunted but he's getting hunted and he's like getting in cars going on an airplane to get to 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 survive it was more of a global get a, a run running man um theme yeah other than the the uh kind of uh silly deadly, yeah you know ice skating guy and you know, just ridiculousness <laughs> <laughs> fun but ridiculous yeah so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you hear of any horror news lately? Uh, no. Uh, you know what? I'm, I, I, most of my horror news I get from you, actually, because yeah. you're much more <laughs> in, the, um, in that like, arena. And I, I try to be in that arena, but I also am just like, pleasantly surprised when you bring up something. I'm like, oh, okay, that's something to look forward to. But I, I, yeah, I've just not been keeping up to date on that. I am excited for Coming to America 2. <laughs> that's uh-huh. one of my favorite and, and non-horror related again but i'm so excited for it i mean it's coming out on amazon prime i think i might just break down and get a subscription just so i can watch it <laughs> yeah yeah I, I uh, eddie murphy's the only reason i would get a subscription to amazon prime pretty well <laughs> because i love the f- first movie so much it's one right. of my favorite ones and i don't know if you have ever heard of um um, oh my gosh um, a- uh, Action Bronson the rapper no no I haven't uh, he, the, look up the video for Baby Blue and watch it it's a shot for shot remake of Coming to America with a big Albanian rapper dude <laughs> okay uh, again love that movie so much but yeah let's get into horror chat before I go <laughs> off on a tangent and sure. I go down a Eddie Murphy rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. You're going down that hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've jumped back onto um, just randomly fear the walking dead. I don't even know why I, I started watching it again. I only mm-hmm. got uh, a season and a half into it and then I dropped off. Mm-hmm. But I saw it was on prime and it's like, okay, well let's see. So I've started watching that again. I think mm-hmm. I needed a break from zombie Walking Dead stuff. So I took a very long break. I I just, I fell off after Rick left the show. Yeah. And I, oh. I tried to watch most, most of the new season, but like a lot of the main characters that I love from the series, except for Daryl, like Daryl, I would still watch for him, but I just, I'm just not... Yeah. I haven't kept up with it since the Rick season, the final oh, Rick season. I, I dropped off even before that. Yeah. Yeah. I when did I, you drop off? <laughs> uh, the season after um, Negan was introduced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I did a full season with Negan when the the kingdom came in, and you know when they they started to the hilltop, the hill, the kingdom. And I think mm-hmm. when, you know became allies. We're going against Negan. So just the start mm-hmm. of that war, uh, and then I I, I stopped. Um, and yeah, like I said, Fear the Walking Dead. I only watched a season and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to kind of ease back into it with Fear, and then maybe we'll see if I go back to the regular one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, I I just I I never really got into Fear the Walking Dead. I watched it here and there, but I just never got into it. Yeah, yeah. So I understand. I I, I hear it, it gets it, it really picks up in like season three, which seems to be the case for a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll, I'll I'll probably give it till till then to see if I decide to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Vampires. Mm-hmm. Who are they and? Why do they exist? No. Um, so I'm going to dive a bit into um, one of my favorites uh, vampire TV shows. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing as a kid and then I later watched when it was picked up by a specialty channel here in Canada and to it's shown more to its full extent. 
and mm-hmm. that was uh, called Forever Night. And it was shot right here in my hometown of Toronto. And it did not disguise itself as New York or Chicago. It was Toronto. It was. And it w- even in the opening credit sequence, you see that like daybreak um, shot over like where the CN Tower is yeah. prominently. Yeah. Yep. So I remember that part. Yeah. The very first shot in this in the title card um, is uh, uh, the CN Tower with, with the sun going down behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to say, first of all, probably for me and probably Buffy as well, the most memorable title sequence and, and, mm-hmm. and theme. I freaking love it with the, with the string instruments. And um, when we do our music episode, I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I want to do a music episode. Um, Ooh, okay. Featuring music from the vampire films. Okay. Uh, where, where we talk about that. Uh, that's only going to be able to hear that on Spotify because that's the only place I can actually get the music uh, permissions to play it. Yeah. So that would be a Spotify exclusive. But because um, I was just thinking it back, because we haven't really talked about music here, and there are so many great vampire soundtracks, especially in the movies. Well, we did talk about Queen of the Damned soundtrack in the la- in the third episode. We how did. much I-, I love that soundtrack, but yeah, we didn't go into in depth the yeah, yeah the music. Yeah, I- I'm probably talking a bit more the of- instrumental, yeah. like the actual music. Yeah, the actual music and instrumental. The score, the, the score, not the yeah, soundtrack. yeah. Uh, although, or or songs made specifically for that movie. Like mm-hmm. like uh, Annie Lennox's song for um, Dracula from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. That's yeah, that's that's a fantastic one. But um, yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe that you do that as like a bonus episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll cover that. But yeah, um, I uh, for for night, I loved love the title card sequence. Um, the very kind of classic um, instrumentation. Um, it just sets the mood um, and then they also have like as was common back then they'd have a voiceover explaining what the show was about mm-hmm. and that was done well um, as well and I think the narrator for that was one, was the actor uh, Nigel Bennett mm-hmm. who played um, who played uh, Nick's former well Nick's um, master i guess you could say yeah um, before he uh he broke away from him but anyways um so the tv show was a reimagining of a tv movie that was called nick knight um <laughs> kind of an unfortunate name in my regard but <laughs> um yeah a little, a little bit on the nose and and, and corny but um Nick, uh, Knight spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. And um, so that I'll briefly talk about the uh, the TV movie. The TV movie starred uh, Rick Springfield. Yes, singer Rick Springfield. And, and he's watching it with those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, 
Is he still making music? I have no idea. Is he yes, still he alive? is actually. He's right. still he's still alive. He just okay. had really bad plastic surgery, oh, so boy. you don't really recognize him anymore. Okay, just throwing it out there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the uh, the concept is this vampire who no longer wants to be a vampire um, is now a uh, police detective who only works on the night shift. Um, and he, he feigns a uh, skin disease that makes him allergic to the sun, basically. Uh, so that's his reason for being on a night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets up the world. Um, it was okay plot. I mean, there wasn't a lot of vampire stuff on TV back then, and mm-hmm. let alone modern-day vampire. So I do remember yeah. seeing it as a kid. Um, I don't know if I saw the whole thing ever um but it was it was okay um and then a few years later uh we got the show forever night and yeah um i i i knew the name that popped up they said nick knight like, oh okay yeah that tv movie um and i i watched it sporadically as a kid oh, boy this came out in 1992 92 okay so it wasn't really a kid i was i was in my uh in my late teens and i was um, a baby i was a baby you were a child yes <laughs> i was a small child yes um but <laughs> uh i i remember watching it it, it was it came on later on uh canadian uh stations here i, I want to say like it was one of those 10 o'clock shows maybe um actually it was i remember seeing it aired in the afternoon slot at one point well yeah not not yeah i'm talking about its, its first run not on yeah the first uh, run yeah no yeah. it would have been a 10 o'clock show for sure yeah showcase then started showing it uh, mm-hmm. when they were starred for shows and they were showing anything canadian made uh, mm-hmm. i think it picked up its bigger following on showcase and yeah. um it, it got turned into has a pretty big cult fo- uh following um, but the concept, like I said, uh, so now this stars uh, uh, Jarrett Wynn Davis. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Garrett or Jarrett, I'm not sure. Um, and who's now taken on the role of Nick Knight or Nicholas Knight. Um, and he's a Toronto cop. He has a human partner who does not know he's a vampire. Uh, the only human who does know he's a vampire is his kind of flirty um coroner uh friend mm-hmm. uh, what, what was her name again do, 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 do. Uh, it will come to me um but the uh the other two vampires in the show who would appear most frequently was his master um lucien lacroix played by nigel bennett and probably mm-hmm. one of my top favorite vampire portrayals in um, in uh, TV or uh, cinema history. I just I loved him. He was so good. He 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 straddled the line of a concerned parental figure as, mm-hmm. as well as the devil on your shoulder, because mm-hmm. he would always try to get Nick to come back to his more vampire savage side um, because mm-hmm. for centuries he as well as um, Lacroix's uh, first um, 
quote unquote child uh, made into a vampire. Um, mm-hmm. Jeanette, Jeanette Ducharme, um, they for for centuries were just kind of you know indulging in their in their vampire uh, state, sort of like um, the stat. Uh, yeah. In in that regard, and um, but it, eventually it was it was all too much for Nick. He um, mm-hmm. his his human uh, morals were kicking in and he was getting guilt and he eventually left both of them to uh, try to uh, leave, lead a good life and try to find a cure. Um, vampirism in Forever Night was kind of seen as a disease. They kind of treated it that way. Yeah. It was like a blood disease, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember. That's right, because... Um, his friend would um, try to, she, she was looking for a cure for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh man, I cannot remember her name, nor am I able to find it here. Uh, I want to say it's Elizabeth, but I think I'm wrong on that. I didn't really watch the show all that much, though. So. Okay. It's not something that was uh, really on my radar. Right, so. right. It's okay. Um, anyways, uh, she would she would try to help him. She was like constantly getting his blood. Uh, he only mm-hmm. at this point he only drank animal blood um, that was uh, you know kept in refrigerators. Most of the vampires thought that was disgusting, mm-hmm. um, but he would uh, you know, nonetheless in order to appease his own. Um, now new moral standard he would not feed on humans um they treated as his um every time he used his powers uh Mm -hmm. he would thirst more for human blood Um, yeah and uh so he would he would try not to do that Uh, Mm -hmm. but uh the vampire powers displayed there are uh heightened senses uh flight um uh, strength, speed, yeah. and uh, sometimes even mind control um, mm-hmm. or hypnotism, although Nick was never very good at that part. Um, so, but they, they never did like animal or, or shape changing or uh, transformations or anything. They kept away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we get, uh, at the beginning, we get um, Lucien uh, Lacroix uh, returns to, to Nick to try to, to coach him back into being a vampire and he mm-hmm. sets himself up as a late night um, DJ so you'll <laughs> so you well, more of a talk show host um, so he was he was the voice on the radio I he remember was a, that. yeah yeah he'd be the voice on the radio uh, very often you would hear his voice um undercut on, on, on the scene and what he's talking about would relate to the scene but not directly almost a narrator um okay. so yeah yeah you and nick would constantly listen to him uh <laughs> he's like yeah he'd, he'd reject he'd him. be in the car driving around yeah but he, he would and, constantly listen yeah. yeah he was yeah and i mean i would say his voice was almost haunting like it was just very like 
hypnotic. Yeah, they in had a sense. they had a lot of um, European actors on the show, or originally came from uh, Europe. Um, yeah, our Catherine Disher, who is the character, who is the actress to the character I can't remember for some reason. Um, Natalie. Natalie. Natalie, thank you, Nat. Yes, I, Nat. Nat Lambert. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was uh, British-born. Yeah. Um, uh, and also Nigel Bennett is he's from Wolverhampton, right? United Kingdom. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think Darren Wynn Davis himself. I think he was French. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Oh about no, sorry. His, uh, Welsh. Pronunciation. Welsh-born. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, Swansea Wales. Yeah, um, he was excellent as a as a brooding vampire, but he was also he had a lot of humor in him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, when he interacted with other mortals, uh, he was very personable and um, just a just a, a a good guy to to hang around. And um, he 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 came off very human that way. Um, but mm-hmm. Usually, when he you know had to. Uh, come face to face with another vampire and that he would get very serious and kind kind of broody but uh, yeah not in an annoying way yeah um and his his partner he had really good chemistry with his um co-worker um uh don shanky although i think it was pronounced skanky <laughs> it's like whole unfortunate pronunciation um but uh, he 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 was he was he had, they bounced off. You know who I remember him as is the guy in all of the, um, like the Breakfast Club movies. Like he was the fiance in Sixteen Candles. He was the janitor in Breakfast Club. John Kapalos, the the partner, Skanky. Really. Yes. I don't remember him in any of those movies. <laughs> you don't? Well, he. do you remember Breakfast Club? Of course. Everyone remembers Black and Breakfast Club. Um, but um, he was the janitor in that. The one that was oh my God. the weekend you're right. shift. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. He was the he was the fiance in 16 Candles. Okay. Yeah. And I, I feel like he was in a few John Hughes movies, but don't quote me on that. I just know remember him from Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club. I don't think he was in Pretty in Pink. No, he wasn't in Pretty in Pink. <laughs> um, but I mean, John Hughes. I remember every John Hughes movie. Who doesn't? Of course. He. Oh, I uh, he. No, he wasn't in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No, he wasn't in that one either. No, I don't remember that. But yeah, he was the janitor in Breakfast Club. But yeah, Canadian actor. Oh, very cool. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Um, so uh, it, it ran for three seasons, three full-length seasons, so either between 22 or 26 episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. So for a Canadian show at the time, that was a pretty darn good, healthy run. Um, in the third, Pretty much a big deal. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty much a big deal. It was, it was nominated multiple times for Gemini's, uh, which yes. in, I guess, is what's the – is that Golden Globe? Kind of I would say version? that's yeah, it's the Golden Globe. It's Canada, yeah, because uh, there's Gemini's and then there's the Canadian Screen Awards, which is like our Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it was it was nominated a lot. It only won one for acting, and that was Nigel Bennett. Mm-hmm. And that year, pretty much the whole main cast was nominated uh, mm-hmm. for awards. So it got it did get a lot of uh, recognition. Um, yeah, and the, like the third season was one of those seasons where okay, we are changing it up. It lost uh, two of the actors. It lost the captain. As well mm-hmm. as as well as his partner, um, mm-hmm. uh, his partner died off screen, and they brought in another vampire, um, mm-hmm. uh, whose name was uh, Javier Varchon, who was a uh, Spaniard. He was a Spaniard, <laughs> uh, conquistador uh, in, mm. in his vampire life. So he was younger. <laughs> he, he was younger than uh, Nick. But um, yeah. he was the new cool vampire, the sexy, sexy vampire with the long hair. Rebel. Well, especially when your name's Rebel. Javier. Javier, yes. Um, and then they, his new partner was, a, he got a female partner who, um, uh, Tracy Vetter uh, was the character's mm-hmm. name. Rookie detective who was specially privileged, got on to be a detective, um, her father was higher up in the police uh um and so she she got the job um and she um found out very early about uh javier and mm-hmm. um but she never knew never found out about nick being a vampire and yeah there was kind of a rivalry between nick and javier um nick was protective over tracy and um so that that had a, a bit of a dynamic to it um and I forgot to mention uh, Jeanette, um, who Nick and her would eat. They, it was hinted at that they had a relationship um, when they were mm-hmm. uh, together, the three uh, of them. And um, she had since taken up as to be a host for uh, what she was a nightclub owner. So mm-hmm. now you had your vampire bar, which is <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to hang out at. Are, are are we referring to Dance Cave? Was that the name of it? No, but I like as soon as you say Vampire Bar, and I'm like thinking of like Toronto. I'm either thinking Dance Cave. Oh, or no, I'm or the Fun House. Oh no, no, I'm thinking more of uh, Sanctuary. Sanctuary, thank you. That's yeah. the other one. Yeah, that that's the one I was familiar with. See, my cousin David, who is ten years older than me. Funny enough, I have an older cousin named David. Um, he used to hang out at Sanctuary yeah. in, when it was around. And so if you ever saw a guy in a wheelchair just kind of like chilling in a corner, that was my cousin David hanging out because he went through a huge goth vampire phase. Wow. And he'd kick me, he'd kick me in the butt for saying that. But <laughs> um, he, he, was, he was that type. He, and he right. would be like, no, I wasn't. Yeah. He, he's very much like, no, I wasn't. No, no, no. Oh, like, denying, yeah. his, denying his past? Shit. Oh, for sure. He, he's that guy. Um, <laughs> I, can make fun, I can make fun of the, the look that he had in the night. I have many pictures. That's I have amazing. many, many photos. So, yeah. Uh, send it to me. I'll, I'll put him on the Twitter feed. Uh, <laughs> at May Violence, if you want to see... Uh, 
Mallory's not cousin in, in his gothiness, then we'll we'll put those up there. Uh, oh, for sure. So yeah, yes. I don't think he would he would appreciate that. So I probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> Sanctuary was also the location of um, where they played live action Vampire the Masquerade. Yes. Um, it was like every Sunday, I think. Um, yeah. And I I had a friend who would go down there. Uh, Hi, hi, Dave Watson. Uh, <laughs> calling you out. Seems all the Davids. Are, What's going are, are on Davidson? here? What's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah, I tried live action Vampire. Um, uh, I think what was it called? It was called Vampire Theater of the Mind's Eye. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did one session up in Oshawa, and I was mm. so uncomfortable. <laughs> I could not. It was. The, to me, it felt like there was no structure to it. And mm-hmm. it was a bunch of people who already had their characters and plot worked out and who are already there. And I felt like the new person on the team who no one wanted to like uh, talk to. <laughs> and I just felt there was, there was like game masters there, or storytellers, as they were called, but mm-hmm. then didn't, didn't really like move the story. You were just kind of meant to jump in yourself so that was my first and only first and last experience with live action vampire um Mm -hmm. though i was i I did run a tabletop game which i was much more comfortable uh playing with the the group yeah who dave also was playing (laughs) with (laughs) with me but anyway so she was running the nightclub the vampire nightclub yeah i I, like took us on a tangent for sanctuary so yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah jeanette was a great uh i i I liked her character a lot too uh very sexy vampire um um and um they were doing kind of the kind of the highlander thing and i mean highlander the movie because i don't think highlander series had come out white yet although it was very close to i want to say mm-hmm. i could be wrong maybe it did come out in the 1990s or early 90s but uh in that they would do flashbacks to when nick was a vampire or or um, uh, lacroix or uh jeanette and uh, mm-hmm. they would have stories that would relate to the current ongoing um you know story of the story of the week uh, mm-hmm. it, it it was very much a a story of the week show there wasn't um, much of an ongoing plot. Maybe they would have like a two-parter once in a while, uh, mm-hmm. but it was usually some some case would come upon. It was either a police case or a vampire-related um, uh, story, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was good. It was good production values, um, uh, very good acting. Um, lots of lots of location shots around around Toronto, so places I recognized and um, mm-hmm. a very uh, endearing characters, uh, especially with Nick um, and uh, mm-hmm. Nick and Natalie's will they, won't they romance. And in the third season, it had a very, very bleak ending. <laughs> oh. Yeah. A lot of people weren't happy with that ending, but the show was ending. So they ended it very final like, and uh, so divisive ending among fans um i thought ah you're gonna end it that way vampire mo- most vampire stories don't end well so yeah they, they they kept to that trope yeah um i had the chance to buy the whole set at like a 
dollar store, and I okay didn't you grab it for some reason? I did not. Gra- it was like super cheap. I think it was like ten dollars for all three seasons,、mm-hmm. and I regret it was a DVD set, and I'm regretting not buying it because、uh, I、mm-hmm. I used to have the entire show taped on my <laughs> from the VH on the VHS, and I had the whole、mm-hmm. collection, and I just lost it. And I don't think it's streaming anywhere, so you yeah, have to look for the DVD set. Yeah, and、um, very much, I, I'd say it was an influence on later vampire shows such as Blood Ties and Angel.、Um, mm-hmm. It did the police,、uh, it did the、uh, detective or police procedural and vampire、uh, thing first. The Granddaddy of、yeah. All, and probably ones that. Other shows have since tried to、um, emulate or yeah use as a guideline. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that was my Forever Night、uh, retrospective.、Um, <laughs> now I'm going to hand the reign over to you because you're going to talk about. That's where you say the name. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I and I wish I could play the theme song. You know what? I know. Launch, I know. Launch into it. I was、um, such a great theme song, such a great opening sequence,、mm-hmm. such a great series. And I'm so like torn at this point. And I mean, it's not a guilt thing or a torn thing, but just knowing that something I love. So much had so much turmoil going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's, with Joss Whedon, that's and、really、I'm like, ah.、Oh. Yeah, if, if if anyone is not sure about it,、um, Joss Whedon is not a well liked person right now on social media, as、uh, more and more people who have worked with him in the past, especially that on the Buffy and Angel show. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but it was really broken open by Ray Fisher on Justice League and talking about his toxic behavior and、uh, the、uh, aggressiveness and just plain not being cool on sets. And、uh, yeah, started with Ray and really blew up when Charisma Carpenter spoke out. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because if you've ever watched the behind the scenes featurettes for Buffy. Um, on her、uh, for the like the series DVD set, you can sort of see a little bit of tension, right?、Um, behind the scenes, just with with him and just the it's just his overall like his demeanor, right? And how he speaks to people, it's it's not, I would say, not respectful.、Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of sarcasm to to whatever he's talking about, and it's interesting. It's like oh. Like I, I just I love the show so much, but I don't love what he's he did behind the scenes all the shows. But that's where I'm going to talk about how much I love the show and、yeah. how much I love. Yeah, let's focus on the positive.、It. Yeah,、um, God, I was nine when the series premiered in 1997, and for it just sucked me right in. And it, I was, a, I think, I was at the right. Age bracket because it was a young female driven. It was like post, like it was right on the girl power era、right. of the like the mid to late nineties that like was Spice Girls and and Sailor Moon and Zena. all of that. Zena, Warrior Princess, yes, and it was that huge girl power push that happened. 
So Buffy came in at just the right time. And I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, she's, she's, she's my Buffy and she's amazing. And I love her. And uh, I mean, she had had a long stint as a soap opera actress before she landed this role. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I love it how she best described it. She was like, it was a pilot for a show that was based on a movie that was on a network that was relatively brand new and people were going, well, maybe next pilot season, you'll get something that'll stick. (laughs) And it was seven seasons. Um, And, oh God, I mean, had they ended after season five, I think I would have been so, 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 so sad, but completely understanding. Mm -hmm. And apparently they sort of were up in the air because WB was... Uh, in, uh, as of season five, um, well, that was the the gift season with Michelle Trachtenberg, and and that ending and spoiler alert where Buffy jumps off that tower and sacrifices herself for everyone. They had written that as an ending to the series, basically oh. because they weren't quite sure if the show because WB was folding as a as a network, right? And they weren't sure if they were going to get picked up. And they ended up being picked up by the CW. Right. Uh, but uh, for the start of the series, um, it was March 10th, 1997, that the first episode premiered, which was the, um, what was the, what was the title episode? Welcome to the Hellmouth? Yep. Welcome to Hellmouth. Or what- Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah. Um, we were introduced to Buffy, uh, Xander, and Willow, and Cordelia, and Giles. And, um, it, and I mean, I don't think my life was ever the same <laughs> after that point. And we had a young woman who, um, she was in the movies, in the movie, she was a, she was a senior in, in, in high school, okay. but in the show, they had her as a sophomore in high school. And she had, it was just, it was immediately after the events. Mm-hmm. of the movie they sort of tied it in it's she's she's left emory high because of what happened yeah and, yeah as, and I, she's now at sunnydale yeah because uh i just so i never really got into buffy um i think at that point what what year did it come out again uh, uh 1997 97 okay yeah i think at that point um it, it just it was it was not the the vampire stuff I was interested in. I was more in mm-hmm. the dark and, and pretty stuff. And this was not dark, uh, especially now in the, the first uh, season. Um, had a lot of comedy in it. it just, I just couldn't mm-hmm. get into it. Um, it just wasn't for me. Uh, but I started rewatching sure. it now. So with a greater... Um, open mind <laughs> uh to it and i am enjoying it um very very uh, witty dialogue uh very fun performances uh, mm-hmm. uh sarah michelle geller is um, really really talented in this um and uh uh giles is you know one probably my favorite character right now <laughs> um but yeah and I'm, he's I'm such this. a nice person like i i met him at fan expo um 
a few years back and it's my actually my profile picture on Facebook still because I just <laughs> don't go on enough to update it and I'm like no this is the this is the picture <laughs> and I met him and I was like I always wanted Giles to be my teacher he goes why did you not get on with any of your teachers and I'm like no Giles taught the cool stuff he was like demonology yeah. and and alchemy and sorcery and he's like okay you're <laughs> he, you know that stuff isn't like a hundred percent real right and, I said, yeah, but it was still cool. Like <laughs> growing up, watching Giles was such a such a great character. Mm. He was he was the dad he was the dad fill in for yeah for he, Buffy. He was the mentor. Yeah, and yeah, he was yeah. The, the, the father. Uh, I guess the father figure. He, he started out as the mentor, like the uh, not the reluctant mentor. He really embraced. He really embraced that idea. Buffy had just come off of having a, a her first watcher who ended up. Uh, Merrick in the movies he's killed like he he's killed in the fight sequence at the uh fair the shutdown fair okay but um in the in the prequel that they uh did for the comics he sacrifices himself because they were going to turn him into a vampire to figure out Buffy's identity and he takes his own life okay to keep her secret um, so she's kind of jaded in that sense. So have it, you can see that in the pilot episode where she's she's not she doesn't want to. She's still fighting it. She wants to be normal. She wants to experience the teenage, the normal teenage girl life. Oh, okay. And you can see that when um, they meet in the library scene of the the, the pilot episode, and he's very like enthusiastic and she's going no 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 this is not why i'm here i'm trying to start over do you realize what's happened here like do you know what's happened to me kind of that whole thread Mm -hmm. and and the first season is her just um fighting her destiny which is to fight the master and 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 the prophecy and she's fighting it fighting it fighting it she doesn't want to she she wants to be normal and every every creepy weird situation that happens to her along the way she she reluctantly accepts having to figure out like do the whole Scooby Gang yeah she's situation. she's a reluct she's a reluctant hero uh, yeah uh, through all all the episodes I've been watching so far she's like any excuse to kind of not have to go hunting vampires and she she's just like i really want to go on this date <laughs> can we you know we don't mm-hmm. we don't you know can we can just like nothing's gonna happen tonight right <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny watching her trying to squirm out of her responsibilities that she doesn't want yeah she, she doesn't want to patrol she doesn't want to do training she's very anti that in the first season she she's good at what she does she she does it she accepts it and it's reluctantly accepts it, but every time that some spooky situation happens, she's going, "Oh come on, can I just have a normal day?" <laughs> and 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 it's by the end of the season where she, um, she gets the prophecy where she has to meet the master and she's supposed to die, and she's very sad about it. And she goes, "Will it hurt? Will will dying hurt?" And and it's when she comes back, Xander uh, resuscitates her and she comes back that you sort of see her accepting her role as right. 
the defender of slayer. this realm. Yeah. Yeah, the slayer, the the defender of this realm because the master has crossed over and all hell is about to break loose. But uh, I mean just for in terms of plot, it was there was always a uh central big bad mm-hmm. that was introduced either in the pilot episode or part way into the first stretch of the season. Right. There was a big bad that was always introduced and and uh, so there was a continuous so story throughout the season but it'll be interspaced yeah. between like one-off monster of the weeks yeah yeah exactly okay. and that's that was the the plot of that i don't think there was ever a season where there wasn't a big bad per se i would say fourth season it wasn't until like the last stretch mm-hmm. that they introduced i and i mean i'm gonna ruin this for you because okay unfortunately. <laughs> it's- um, it's my fault for jumping on too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, season four is the initiative. You don't really know if they're good or bad. They're just an agency that um, tracks down monsters, demons, vampires, and basically um, run experiments on them and keep them held underground at the university. And uh, there's, it's not really well known. Buffy doesn't really trust the the doctor the professor that's the head of it and she's she doesn't trust her motives mm-hmm. when she gets involved with the because throughout the season they sort of cro- buffy and the initiative cross paths and she's going like what the heck's going on who are these people are they good or bad and then she once she gets introduced into it um they're aware of her but she, um and she goes, you know, the, there's this funny scene in in the halfway through the the uh, stretch of the fourth season where it's like, oh, uh, the the professor, I, I can't remember her name right now, and where she's she goes, oh, I always thought you were a myth, and then Buffy goes, well, you were a myth taken, you know, the little pun halfway like in that you were myth taken. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> wordplay <laughs> wordplay <laughs> but uh she she doesn't really trust the professor and then the professor sort of screws her over uh-huh. and tries to get her killed and she goes uh, well you didn't kill me and now i don't trust you and her boyfriend who she's dating through the whole through the ha- second half of the fourth season mm-hmm. um riley she she's she's torn between riley and and uh her duties and his uh his sort of um uh what what am i trying to say here his uh, loyalty to the initiative because he's a soldier he's a trained soldier um so he's just following orders he doesn't really understand why he's doing what he's doing and it's such a great metaphor for like for war time because they're just following orders they don't understand what these orders are they don't understand that they're, they're just out getting the bad guy. Right, right. They don't understand all of the experiments. And then we get introduced to Adam, who is this hybrid robot, human, demon, vampire. I'm sorry. Did you say creature. robot in there? Yes, robot. <laughs> okay. Because he has a core. He has a core, cell core that he's powered by. But they were trying to create the the professor we find out is creating this superhuman monster hybrid robot creature to sort of take the role of the slayer 
okay. So, so that's the end. That's the last half of the arc of the season. We don't know that. We just think, oh, this is going to be a plain old like, who are the initiative introductory season, mm-hmm. and then we find out that oh no, there's some nefarious like, I something going on behind the scenes that not everyone's aware of, but the professor's aware of. Buffy soon becomes because she's just curious at this point. Right. And she gets introduced to it. That's one of my favorite seasons. I'd say season one is a good season. Season three is also very good because that's the senior year and that's when uh, Angel leaves. Mm -hmm. And we're introduced to Faith Lee Han who is yes who is the second slayer because buffy died in the first one and then there was uh bianca lawson who was introduced as the second slayer during season two and she ends up dying at the end of the second season she's killed by drusilla and (laughs) and there's that whole i love that name where buffy sleeps with angel he gets he he loses his soul in that whole arc and it was annoying and I didn't love it. And so the vampires, was... uh, sorry, uh, the, uh, the vampires yeah. in, in Buffy. So what were their, what were their trope? Like what were their aspects? Um, couldn't you, they couldn't see their own reflection. Okay. That was one. And, and, and it was so hilariously brought up by Willow. She goes, how do you shave? Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause Angel goes, I can't see my reflection. She goes, how do you shave then? You know, it's quite funny. And then, um, wait, can he, super grow, strength. can he grow a beard? <laughs> I don't even think he can. Okay. I mean, most of the vampires on this show were hairless, like, like except for the the hair on their head. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of vampires with facial hair, right? Except for like the really hicky ones that they brought on. Vampire hick for comedic. I gotta see them. vampire cowboy hicky ones. Yeah. Um, uh, not all, like most of them didn't have facial hair. Well, one of the vampire tropes was whatever your appearance was at the time of your um, ter- Death term is what, you... is what you always would revert to. So if you would like yeah. cut your, like shave your head bald next more, uh, the next night, your hair would have regrown to its that original length. Yeah, which is something they did in an interview with a vampire as well. Right, where right. Claudia cuts her hair. But yeah, there was that whole... And they almost and when they transform, their color of their eyes change. Um, they get sort of a bumpy forehead. Oh, they get look. ugly. Yeah, they get they get real <laughs> ugly. They look demon like, and they have yellow eyes, and and they look like the real monsters that you're afraid of that go bump in the night. As Ash would say, you got real ugly real fast. Yeah, <laughs> and real ugly real fast, and um, uh, can't see their own reflection. Look like real monsters. They sort of keep in dress with the era that they died in that's like they okay. that's like the biggest tell that buffy says she goes she goes oh that one's definitely a vampire and giles goes how do you know she goes well he looks young but his dress is like from the 70s <laughs> interesting his outfits from the 70s this is so old so that's how she knows that they're vampires they don't dress for the time how old was spike um spike was younger than angel because um angel turned drusilla drusilla turned um spike okay william the bloody because i would just guess 
uh, Spike was. I'd say he's around two fifty. Okay, okay, that's farther back. Okay, because he straight up looks like uh, Billy Idol. So I thought it was turning in the eighties. <laughs> there's a funny little joke that's interjected in season six uh-huh. that um, she, Buffy's looking for Spike at the bronze, and she goes, "Oh, I'm looking for this guy. He sort of looks like Billy Idol." <laughs> But he'll tell you that Billy Idol stole his love from him. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyways, go on. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the they dress in the times that they died. They're, you know, I don't think that they have like a hypnotic, like they, they're not like, they don't have that thrall okay. ability, except for... Um, Except for when she meets Dracula, Dracula has a thrall ability. Oh, so Dracula um, does appear. Okay, interesting. Dracula does appear in season five. Interesting. Okay. At the it's actually the premiere episode of season five. Buffy meets Dracula, <laughs> and of course she figures out like she knows from lore that he doesn't die. Right. So he he turns into mist. That's one thing that they introduce is he's the only vampire with that ability. Uh, Most of the vampires are like they can't shape things. demons. Oh, they can't shape change or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, basically, um, in this one, they, it's introduced that their uh, vampires are a um, a demon. Okay. That needs they're not actually have the abilities or the power. Like they have super strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they have super speed. Okay. Yeah, um, I haven't seen or so flight. Or flight ability. They just kind of walk around and drive around and they're sort of like regular people, but they need blood. Okay. And Some, um, sunlight, inter- sunlight burns them? Uh, sunlight burns them, yes. Okay. That's a big one. Um, because uh, it's funny because there's, there's a comical aspect to that. Because um, every time Spike gets thrown out in the sun, he's caught. He's he's just so funny. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about holy holy instruments? Holy instruments crosses big no no. Okay. Um, holy water, big no no. Okay. Um, stakes, uh, they can be killed by stakes or beheading. Yeah. Um, they turn into dust. They don't just drop to the ground. They're not like, ooh, yeah. like in the movies. They don't dust. They just drop on the ground yeah, and they're there. They full on disintegrate. Even with the clothes, they're disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder how Buffy is able to not like have another outfit ruined by vampire dust because poor girl. Or, like... or inhale them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I'd wear a just... dust mask if I was a slayer myself. Yeah, I would too. Um, <laughs> But yeah, those are big tropes that are introduced. Yeah. But I, I don't think it was it was a show about vampires, but it wasn't a show centrally focused on vampires. Yeah, and they, they introduced that fairly early. Well, in the first episode when they called that Sunnydale is over a hell mouth. And yeah, so, I, and I love that. Yeah, <laughs> they're just reestablishing right away that um, you'll be there'll be you'll be other things in this show, and there are <laughs> there are a ton of monsters from lore or made up and mm-hmm. uh, or mythology I should say I, I feel so sad because the principal from season one Principal Flutie I love him mm-hmm. he is so funny he's sweet he's just that sweet like unassuming guy and unfortunately he gets killed off 
like six episodes in. Right. Oh, okay. I haven't come to that point yet. Um, uh, I'm not gonna. I sorry, would, it's I'm okay. not gonna tell you. It's okay. No, I know this. I I know if I see a new face or a, a, a reoccurring face who doesn't reoccur that often, that they're dog meat. Um, <laughs> because... <laughs> um. Uh. Oh, you were hitting the nail right on the head there, dog meat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and most people who have seen the series know it's a very um very very not graphic but you know what's about to happen to him you're like no, no. <laughs> um, um and and it's a xander centric episode that he dies in too so oh, okay that's also like a, a tap on the nose any xander centric episode there's quite a bit of death that happens okay yeah okay okay uh, just to just to to tip the nose there there's always a bit of death right. related to the androcentric episodes on the on in the series all right so a, a, a friend that that you might get introduced to then is gonna something bad's gonna happen <laughs> yeah Gen- well i mean Gen- they Gen- had um what's his name jesse who was introduced in the first episode, unfortunately does not make it to the second episode. He does, but he doesn't. Right. Um, was that... Um, oh, what's his... There was a... Yeah. Eric Balfour. Eric Balfour, yes! I recognized him. Uh, it's like, is that the guy from the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> he is. He's a very recurring face in horror. Right. For right. sure. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't last long. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Um, so out of and and the cast really grew. Like, I mean, you you had the, the initial just you know her Xander, Willow, and um, Cordelia Giles. Cordelia was also very well a part of it. Yeah, she was in the show, but she and so far in the first season, she's certainly not friends with that group. Uh, rival. No, probably. she's the popular girl. Yeah, yeah. Outright yeah. rival, definitely, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, she was sort of the comedic, like, interjecting aspect of that show. Right. Because she was the... No- she doesn't know what's going on, but she's quite funny. And, I mean, as her, as her character's uh, prominence grew, she was definitely the comedic um, but, you know, yeah. relief... Yeah, she has uh Charisma Carpenter had has great timing. Uh she's so far oh, she ne- next to Sarah and um Anthony uh, uh Stewart Head. I, I think she's probably my favorite right now in the first season. Uh, mm-hmm. I that's probably because she's one of the older actors on this show. She was twenty seven when she she uh landed that role. So she was the oldest yeah. of the cast. Yeah, she seems very confident and uh, seasoned uh, more so than the uh her her uh co stars. Um so uh, yeah I'm yeah. enjoying uh I, I like her she, and she's uh she's pretty funny. Yeah. Um and then you have uh Willow who Geeky nerd, of course she's a hacker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, although she, her arc gets much uh, more full later on as she became yeah. uh, a witch, doesn't she? Yep, she becomes a witch. Yeah. That's uh, season two, end of season two. She really starts to dabble okay. 
which makes Giles nervous. Right. And it makes him super nervous after season six when they bring Buffy back without his permission. Because literally... Use black magic, did he? They use black magic to bring her back. And he goes, you don't understand them? Like, because he's dealt in the... He dabbled in the dark arts as the Ripper. That was his uh, nickname. (laughs) The Ripper. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) They have the... When he was in his younger days, before he became a tight, uptight watcher, he was a bit of a rebel. That's funny. And uh, he... I'm sure they made He dabbled in the dark arts. (laughs) Um, yeah. but he he ha- he has a he has an, an arch nemesis and I can't remember his name right now. Okay. But he runs uh he, he comes to town. Oh, Ethan. Ethan Rain. I believe his name is Ethan Rain, but I remember his first name is Ethan. And he runs a uh, he every time he comes to town there's chaos. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's kind of he dabbles in stuff, but he likes to like mess with people and have fun. Mhm. And he really pisses off Giles because Giles is like, we're not kids anymore. The stuff that we were playing with is not like meant to serious. It harms people. It's serious stuff, right? Because he's, he's grown up and he's, he's seen the era of his ways when he was younger. So I really, really love Giles (laughs) because they really fleshed him out by sixth season. He was, he was the dad, but he was the, the cautionary moral compass of that show. Okay. And he was, he lasted the entire uh, series? Yep. Okay. Um, they, uh, they let, let him leave during season six. Like he left and he came back. Okay. And then same thing. He left season seven, came back. And I think that was sort of so that he could do other projects. Right. But also be home for his kids because he was going to, England and coming back and it was a strain for him mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, yeah um, and last of the original group we have Xander who at this yep. point is, seems to be just with the group because he's carrying a torch for uh, Buffy Yep, <laughs> is to the extent of it at least up until season 4 that's a long time to be carrying a torch <laughs> I think he sort of dropped it after he um kind of did the Cordelia Willow thing but um, hold on one second I just have to step away for a second but bear with me I'll be right back I'll mark the time okay awesome
Sorry, I had to deal with something really quick there. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, yeah Xander. Xander. And he, he's, yeah, he's, he definitely has a crush on Buffy from the get-go. It's kind of played around with in the first season. It's sort of a bit of comic relief. Right. He's the comic relief. He's, he's, he's the one that stays the true, like, unremarkable in that series. He has no powers. Okay. He has no gifts. He never. He, the only thing that he he really is is a demon magnet, oh. and they and they make a joke of that the whole time because every time something like happens, uh-huh. demon related, like he gets turned into a hyena person. He <laughs> he. Um, yes. Does he get involved with the succubus at one point? Uh he doesn't get involved with the succubus. Oh. He gets involved with a vengeance. He ends up almost marrying a vengeance demon. Okay. But before he gets involved with Anya, who was introduced in season three. Okay. Um, and they did a what if episode of what if Buffy didn't come to Sunnydale uh-huh. episode, which was one of my favorite episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had him involved with a mummy and, in, and they call it the episode's called, I think the episode's called Inca Mummy Girl. <laughs> and it, this uh, Mummy comes to Sunnydale. Um, they're supposed to have this foreign exchange program in second season, and the girl that Buffy's supposed to have gets taken over by this mummy. Like she takes over, like she sucks the life force out of her, okay, and kills her, and she takes her place and moves in with Buffy mm-hmm. for the entirety of the episode. And it, it, it's so funny. It's a great episode, but he's a demon magnet. That's about the only thing that I'd say. And he becomes a Renfield character in, oh, really? in the Dracula episode. I'm like, oh, of course they're going to make him a Renfield character. <laughs> Where he's like, I'm no more. I'm not. So, and the, it's a famous line that he, it's not a famous line, but a very prominent line. I'm not becoming someone's butt monkey again. No more butt monkey Xander. <laughs> now, does he ever become a like proficient fighter, or does his skill kind of plateau? No, he's not a. Prof- he's there's nothing great. About, like there's nothing remarkable in that sense about Xander. All right. He stays. He's the normie. Okay. Of the Scooby Gang, right. he is the Shaggy. <laughs> of the gang. I guess um, so. Yeah. And they sort of play into that um, at and at the end of season four, where he's where Spike is sort of pitting them against each other, and he's like, "Oh, there's nothing special about you. You're just a demon magnet," and that's basically like the whole arc of Xander as being the most normal of the group. And and they there's episodes that play into that, but again, those are the episodes that I say the most amount of people die. Oh, okay. I mean, and, and he, he, um, Willow, and of, of course Buffy are the mainstays because they are in every single episode. All of the seasons. Yeah. I think the most, like, and I, it's sad to say, the most cool thing that happens to Xander, and it's also the most awful thing that happened to Xander, is that he loses an eye. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, I remember images of him with the patch. I guess oh, that was a permanent thing, huh? Yeah, they sort of did a Nick Fury thing. <laughs> To him where he loses his eye and, but at least you know 
it, it's kind of uh, it's it's I love how they did that in Captain Marvel where they introduced how Nick lost his eye. That, but I don't know how I feel about that. I thought that was more, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was more embarrassing than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Sandra loses his eye in the final season. Oh, oh okay, and, final season. And, and so, um, yeah, it's it it is. He's, uh, but uh, Joss Whedon had said that Xander was the closest character to himself. He was the guy that was watching the action happen. Right. Sideline but guy. But he, he's the sideline guy. Yeah. But he's the guy that has the most insight into it, which is. Interesting. It's okay. But I didn't like how they made Xander into a whiny baby um, when Buffy didn't like him back. Right. He sort of did the Omega male thing where yeah. he was like, mm, yeah, she yeah, doesn't yeah. like me. I'm going to be mean to her now. And I'm like, no, that's not Xander. He should just flow through it and be like, okay, she doesn't like me. Right. There's got to be another girl here that likes me. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Willow. I mean, this is before um, they I decided. made into a lesbian. Yeah. Was, didn't she have interest in Xander? It, it seemed like some of the dialogue oh, yeah. was like, like, you know, kind of, she was the notice me girl. Uh, yep. You know. Yep. That's what they did to her. Yeah. And uh, that she was madly, like, I wouldn't say truly madly deeply, but she, she had a huge crush on Xander that was unrequited. Right. And they, uh, they, they definitely play that up in the first three seasons. Okay. Until she, like, she meets Oz in the second season. There is a brief dalliance between them in the se- third season. Oz played which by Which I was like, why would... Yeah, Oz played by... One of my favorite actors on the show that was introduced in season two, Oz. Excellent, yeah. Who is a werewolf. Yeah. I love it because it was, he was babysitting his little cousin. And the cousin bit him. Uh-huh. And she, it's a conversation he has with his aunt. And he goes, Aunt Ruthie, is there something strange about Malcolm kind of situation? Mm-hmm. He goes, he, he goes my, my cousin bit me and now I'm a, a werewolf. Is there something I don't know about? <laughs> How- but I, I think it's kind of cool. Like it wasn't like a, uh, like a, oh, I got bit by an actual werewolf in a full moon. I was out and about. Right. It was his little cousin. Who he was babysitting? Oh, man. Who bit him? <laughs> totally unrelated thing, but I mean, everything happens in the Hellmouth, right? So right, right. Um, I, I love that series. Yeah, <laughs> so I, much. I mean, oh, God, we can spend episodes talking about because there's there's so much that happened and so much the cast. I think I have just to. Um, we'd have to do just a Buffy centric series, right? Right. Unpack right. everything. <laughs> So um, I'd, I I would like to move on. <laughs> sure. Yep. No problem. Um, other than Buffy, uh, who is your favorite? Okay. Other than Buffy and Giles, who are your who is your favorite character? Um, if I have to say favorite character, hmm. oh, that's such a hard thing because some of my more favorite characters were introduced later on, like Oz. Right. He's probably a favorite, but he wasn't around for very long. Okay. Um, because Seth Green ended up being, being picked up for um, Austin Powers. Right. And that played into his schedule. Right, right. And then um, uh, Cordelia became more of my favorite character during the Angel saga when Angel spinoff happened. Okay. And that was, again, a very like procedural drama. It wasn't 
ooh, the things that go bump in the night. It was very different in tone in yeah. terms of the series. What, and what city did that take place in? Was it LA? Los Angeles. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And he was, he was, uh, was he a detective? A private investigator. Okay. Yeah. Because they called it Angel Private Investigations. Okay. And, and yeah, there's a whole, again, hellmouth sort of situation about LA. Right. Right. And, yeah, we can, we, we can talk and, about Angel and, uh, and uh there's there's home oh again like buffy it's it's its own special universe and you right. need like episodes to not episodes but um just a whole dedication to that to unpack it uh-huh. and, and and i i didn't get into the series until it was his third season because i just couldn't get behind it i just was right. so sad that they <laughs> moved angel on Mm-hmm. I was like, why did they, why did he leave? And it got me so mad because <laughs> the only reason Angel left is because he didn't want to hold Buffy back and, I, and he wasn't really holding her back. Like, romantically, yes, maybe, but in terms of uh, her abilities and so forth, he wasn't holding her back in the least. He He was helping, but... Okay. I think they just wanted to have a change in dynamic, I guess. Right. Uh, but it was, I, I just, ugh. I, I, I just couldn't get, I didn't get into it till third season. I, and then I ended up rewatching all the seasons when it was on space. And, <laughs> and, and, and it kind of lost its way towards the end. And I, I, it's the same thing that happened to Buffy. It sort of lost its way right. towards the end. Because I think season six was the only season where, there wasn't really like there was a big bad, but it wasn't like a serious big bad. Oh, okay. In a sense, and it wasn't until Willow, it was Willow that ended up becoming the big bad at the very, very, very end of season six. Dark Phoenix. I mean, Dark Willow. <laughs> Dark Willow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Well, but I mean, Buffy. Yeah, it was hugely influential, and it was it was probably hugely influential for years and years and years to come after. In both mm-hmm. regards to its um, uh, female protagonist, to its mm-hmm. its group of you know fighters of of uh, evil. I mean, you still see yep. that to this day with the CW superhero shows. No, mm-hmm. no superhero goes without a team. I mean, every every single show that they, they have a team. Flash has his uh, his guys um, at Star Laboratory, or you have yep. Supergirl with the with 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 her organization, um, the Deep mm-hmm. I think it was called. Um, and that I mean, that's right out of Buffy. That's taken right out of Buffy. You always surround your hero with this support group. Um, yeah, because she can't carry the weight of the world all by herself. And that's something they sort of tr- really Buffy tries to do on her. She's like, you can't be a part of this. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get killed. Yeah. Like, I don't want to lose people. And, and her friends are going, you're better. We're better together. Yeah. And apparently she's the first Slayer to really do that. All the other Slayers work independently um, other, mm-hmm. other than with their, their Watcher. Um, yeah but she yeah they worked with their watcher but it was yeah they were independent of anyone else yeah you know Uh, and that's that's something that i i 
but that you're like, oh, they didn't last for very long mm-hmm. up until Buffy. Right. And here she is, and she's got this whole team behind her. And I mean, they didn't do that in the first movie. They sort of have that sort of with Merrick in the movie. They have Merrick and they have Pike, but she really doesn't have anyone in her, her very, very first origin story. Right. She doesn't have anyone supporting her. And sort of behind the scenes, as you're introduced, Angel sort of was there mm-hmm. and sort of supporting her without her realizing it. Right. But yeah, there's, it's definitely, um, a, there's definitely, it's not until she gets to Sunnydale that she has that core group right, supporting right. her and going, you're not alone. Now, so. um, also, the even the format of the show, um, I mean, shows up to then did have like cases of the week or monsters of the week mm-hmm. but they never really had a um that through line storyline underneath it uh that was also mm-hmm. building i think buffy really brought that in even like um uh shows running at the same time like xena xena was very much an adventure of the week and yeah they didn't get into longer format stories until later um, yeah until the later seasons yeah yeah but buffy was right from the beginning it's like oh it's it's the 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 raising of the master or bring the master in into into um this world and then now, mm-hmm. now you had that underlying currents and then it, that plot would sometimes play into the monster of the week episode uh mm-hmm. or, or it, it 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 would ignore it but it would show up later on but the, or it would usually by episodes end would drop hints of a connection or something and mm-hmm. uh, Buffy as far as I know that really established that and that was later taken up big time by uh, shows like Supernatural um, mm-hmm. who owe Buffy a lot <laughs> I would say on its format oh for sure yeah. definitely yeah. and that's a whole other series that I would love to unpack because I love Supernatural but a lot of those shows owe a lot to Buffy in terms of format and, mm-hmm. and, and just, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just, uh, just laying down the foundation. Mm-hmm. Of this yeah. Type of- that, that main arc, but it's intertwined with the story of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I don't know. I just I, I love that series. Tippets. Like I, I, I would rewatch it. It's not on Netflix. I'm so mad. It was on Netflix no, for the on, longest time, and they pulled yeah. it. Yeah, it's on Amazon though. That's where I'm watching. Yeah, so. and then someone said that it was going to be on Disney Plus, and I went, "Why would Buffy be on Disney Plus? No. It's just too mature of a subject matter to be on a Disney related." Yeah, it's not uh, net, network. Who who currently owns? Oh wait a second, is it? It's not owned. It's distributed. It was distributed by Twentieth Century Fox. It was, and because it's now because it was distributed by Twentieth Century Twentieth Century Fox, it got bought up by Disney oh. in the the big merger. I wonder because and... Disney just launched um, the the stars, or they they brought on. Do they own stars? It's something to do with stars network. And they just, mm-hmm. they just brought like a whole ton of shows and movies that are, is not on Disney plus. Like they won't show it on Disney plus, but it's being brought mm-hmm. to stars. I wonder if Buffy is on that list. It might be stars. Cause someone said, Oh, Buffy's now on Disney plus. And 
and it was on one of the tertiary like fan pages and right. i went no because disney plus wouldn't put that kind of material no on no. their platform but i think disney plus subscribers have access to it through i think they can like uh, watch stars i might begin this totally yeah. wrong i'll have to have to like do a little bit of research on it and yeah ask but yeah i i mean if i really really want to watch it i do have the box set so i'm okay, okay. it just it just means switching switching the dvd right at the end because it's like three or four episodes per dvd oh good lord <laughs> that's a lot of this <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did stream it when it was on Netflix, and uh, and the movie, the original movie, was on Netflix for a short period of time uh, during yeah. Halloween. Um, but it is not on there anymore because I went to go watch it, and it wasn't on, and I was very sad because I had seen it about a month or two before mm-hmm. um, on my main feed because it's like if you like this, and you'll definitely like this. Right, and I'm like, right. of course, I definitely like this. <laughs> um, yeah, it was 144 episodes. Wow. Uh, yeah. you think it will ever be remade? I don't want it to be. <laughs> I mean, I like what they do. Well, with obviously, yes. I know you don't want it to be, but do you think you think it's they have embraced? to really? They'd have to really. They, you know, what they're going to have to do. Unfortunately, is they're going to have to modernize the crap out of it. They're going to have to have a multi like you know, a, a, a multiracial cast, you know, a, it'd have to be a very even fluid cast. Yeah, I mean... Because, unfortunately, yeah. Buffy's so white. It is very white. <laughs> yeah. Even, the, like, unfortunately, the, they had uh, the uh, Jamaican vampire slayer in season two, right. Bianca Lawson, who has literally not aged a day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you if you know who yeah. like I mean Bianca Lawson is. She's been in she was in Bones. I don't know if you saw that Snoop Dogg horror movie Bones. Nope, didn't see it. Um, but she's been she's basically spent most of her career playing a teenager. Oh really? Yeah, it's not until most re- like very recently that she sort of started playing more adult roles, but she spent most of her career playing a teenager she was also on pretty little liars she played a teenager on that show and how old was she and this is... oh she was in her 30s oh wow that's uh but she just has one of those faces that things. like it's 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 much like paul reds where it just doesn't age a day <laughs> and you go can i have what you're having yeah <laughs> can i can i just get injected with the same genes you have because yeah. that's a superpower um yeah and i mean uh, obviously they're gonna have a diverse cast and that's fine that's like of course uh have that i would hope so Um, i would hope so for a more diverse could it get could it get its balance between seriousness and and camp though because that that seems unique to buffy um it's Mm -hmm. it's not too silly and it's not too grimdark it 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 strikes Mm -hmm. it strikes a nice chord and i don't know could that you know who um uh, Jane Spencer, who was a main writer on the series, I think she could do it, and she's also a pretty prominent horror mm-hmm. writer. She does mostly young adult fiction, right? But she she was a main writer on the series. I think if she was a showrunner, it would probably keep its tone, right? But I don't because uh, Joss Whedon was so heavy. Like I mean, 
later seasons where you see it sort of dropping off. Mm -hmm. You see that he wasn't as involved in the writer's room. Right. But he had such a heavy hand in the writer's room from the get-go where someone would write a line for another character. Like he would, um, he, they'd be writing a line that was meant for Xander. Yeah. And they would uh, give it to Willow and he goes, that's not something Willow would say. That's something that Xander would say. Right, yeah. He kind of... You know, <laughs> he was very firm grip on his source material. And he directed a lot of the episodes. Yeah, he did. Well, right? And yeah. I, I just don't... And I, and it's, it makes me kind of mad because it's his It's his world. It's very Whedon-esque. And, yeah. And it has his lore. It, it has a special touch. And it, it just kind of... I I don't and and this is me because I'm like oh I don't want it to be remade but sure. there would have to be monumental changes in the series for it to work mm-hmm. now because Charmed the new Charmed isn't as campy right as the original Charmed I don't know if you've watched any of it I haven't I've seen watched a few any of snippets stuff, here and there no. I, I'm and I'm not hugely familiar with the old show um, I I did watch sporadically. But, yeah, yeah, and 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 they've again. There's uh, they're all. Um, the, it's the sisters again. Right. There's the a sister, the third sister that was unknown to them. There's two sisters. Then there's a third inch sister that's introduced that, as opposed to where having having been introduced later on, where it's a, a a fourth sister. Right. So they could keep the power of three. Right. The sister comes in. She goes, oh, I'm your sister. Like, I was given up for adoption ages ago. And now I've reconnected with you. And we have the special power and all that stuff. And and they're all, um, I, I don't know if all the cast is is Spanish. But it's a, it's a three prominent, um, you know, they're diverse. It's a. Three, three mixed Dominican, so how Spanish, long, Mexican. How long has that been running now for? I think I remember that. Um, three, two to three seasons two now. Three, okay, that's good. I'd, I'd say two to three, se- but yeah, they're just very mixed race cast. It's very diverse, and it's it doesn't have the campy tone to the original series, right? Which was very much influenced by. A- Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Another show influenced by Buffy, I would say. But totally different. It was Aaron Spelling who was the showrunner oh, on right. Aaron Spelling, it's our, our 90210 king. Not just 90210. <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever look at this Melrose play Black record. Holy crow. Does it go back? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It, it, was, a t- it, it was more camp. I wouldn't say campy, but it was not as heavy serious tone right to it was women with newly discovered witch powers that were like what the heck's going on right you know yeah um and it's what they did in this series the newer series but it's i think it has a much more serious tone or at least Mm -hmm. when i've watched episodes and i've seen previews or trailers for the next episode right it's always a more heavier tone right right to it so well, I don't know. I, I would hope for Buffy that if they could do it, they would be able to pull off the light as much as the dark. Right. I mean, 
so I mean, I'm constantly hearing rumors that it's going to be re- rebooted, and just recently again, I heard it's going to be. Yeah. But um, Sarah uh, said she doesn't want any part of it. Um, she's it's it's all done with her uh, in that regard. So I think, and I, I mean, I understand that too. Yeah. That's that's fair. Fair enough. You've you've given us seven seasons. Yeah. We're we're happy with you. Move move on with your your bad self. Yeah. Um, Do something different. Yeah. Or well, I mean, I mean, they obviously want to capitalize on the name. Uh, I would say, just you know, make it a different Slayer. Like make it something the Vampire Slayer, and I, you'll st- you'll still get that ra- name recognition, but you'll have a new character, and then you don't have. Then it gives you the option if you want to bring past people back onto it either yeah. either that or completely reboot it and there's no connection to the old the old one i don't know if you know the comic series about frey the uh futuristic vampire i read that yeah i read that it. would be a, yeah. and i i think that would be a fantastic idea to adapt to a series yeah at this point like let's go into the future we're now in 2020 why wouldn't we have a futuristic slayer yeah um, but yeah, make it a make it a diverse cast and take that story. And it was a comic series, so yes, Sweden had a hand in it, but it wasn't. It's not going to be so dictatorship with that, yeah. Because it's I, it was only it was only like two two long season, like I say, air quote seasons yeah. of issues. Yeah, it was collected into one trade paperback, so it, it yeah. wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Six six issues, six or eight issues or so. And there was a Buffy Frey um, crossover because oh, okay. Buffy continued on into a comic book series. So there was Buffy season eight. Yeah. So on. Buffy, I mean, it was a marketing and uh, spinoff machine. I mean, it was. It was uh, obviously Angel had a spinoff. Uh, apparently, there was a, was there a Buffy animation? animated series there was a proposed buffy okay. animated was, series was there was buffy the game okay uh yeah there was you know, uh, a couple of video games i think um mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a board game out there i know there was an action figure collection uh yep. there um i remember lots of buffy figures when i worked at a uh toy and collectible stores um mm-hmm. there was and comics um there was not only one's you know kind of offshoot stories but then they full-on said nope now we're continuing from where the series left off so this is season Mm -hmm. eight this is season nine this is season 10 and um so when that changed publishing hands because i think it was dark horse that was publishing it for the long time yeah Um, it's still dark horse no it's not is it not no, okay? They recently, um, yeah. So it uh, it ran out at Dark Horse, and uh, Boom Studios has picked it up. Oh, okay. And they have done a a sort of reboot, a kind of a soft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So they're kind of starting over. Um. With that, and it's not even. I I don't even think they're. I don't even think it's two years old. But they have a Buffy and an Angel, uh, uh comic. And uh, mm-hmm. apparently, it's 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 uh, doing quite well. So, oh, that's good. Buffy continues. And I, I mean, Buffy continues, and I, I, I don't think Sarah's, Sarah's like people will bring up where Buffy is at in the comics to her, and she goes, 
Oh, really? Oh, good for her because there was a little bit of a a uh, hookup. Uh, uh, you know, she it wasn't Buffy as a lesbian, but Buffy uh, experimented okay. basically um, in season eight, and they were and they were like, "Oh, okay," and 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 Sarah was quite. I wouldn't say she was taken aback or surprised. She was like, okay, well, good for her. Like, <laughs> let her get hers, you know? Like, <laughs> isn't she due for something a little bit more fun than the heavy uh-huh. at this point? And it's, uh, but at the point, at that point, I don't, I, I don't know if it was really on brand oh. for her. Right, right. As I mean, for the character that we grew to know and love, I don't think it was really on brand. It was kind of really out of left field. I almost wanted her to end up with Xander in the series, but that didn't happen. That would have been an interesting uh, full circle <laughs> thing at the end. Well, they they sort of teased it, and then they didn't go with it. And then uh, in the comic series, at least, uh, Xander ends up with Dawn and having kids oh. with Dawn. Yeah. Interesting. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so did, did, you fin- did you read the the continuing uh, seasons to the end or yeah i did okay <laughs> and, i mean again yeah I, I at one point because they sort of hint at the fact that buffy has um the big bad in seasons eight is again angel okay and he's introduced as well it's there's this character called twilight and he's sort of related to twilight mm-hmm. in in that sense but um yeah, they they sort of bring back Warren, who's in season six. He's the he's the quote unquote big bad in season six, right? Um, but they bring him back. He gets uh, he gets a little bit of an arc in there, um, and, and other characters have been reintroduced in the series. Oz gets reintroduced in season eight, and yeah. and you can still see, even though like him and Willow, there's no romantic attachment to them at all. They're still, um, they're still a very much loving, respectful relationship that they have because apparently they've kept up since season four. Oh, okay. So they're he's aware of what's happened with her and her whole arc, and there's still a, a very much of a respect that that's my girl. Mm-hmm. Like even though we're not romantically involved, that's still my girl. Right, right, right. You know, uh. <laughs> so I, I like that about Oz. I, I've always liked that. Like Oz was very much the okay, well, let's go kind of guy. Go on the, the show. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things happen. But he was like, he would just be like, okay, so I'm going to bring this up. And I just, I'm bringing this up for clarification. And then that is it. And that was always sort of the, the humor that he brought to the show was the, I'm going to ask a question and I just want confirmation. I don't need anything further than that. Nice. Thank you very much. I am out the door. <laughs> kind of like, let's go and solve another mystery. Uh, so I'm reading here that um, uh, we didn't describe the show as, uh, well, I mean, he was first pitching it, uh, my so-called life uh, with, mm-hmm. with the X-Files. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my so-called life was a very much a teen drama starring Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember remember that very much, which it felt it felt like a very Canadian team driver show, even though it wasn't Canadian. Um, it wasn't. No, no. Um, 
And uh, of course, everyone knows what the X-Files is. And this is interesting that he considered um, and, uh, a certain X-Men who was very much an inspiration. And I knew this was his favorite X-Men too, because it was my favorite X-Men as well, uh, Josh Whedon's, um, as an influence on the creation of uh, Buffy. And that was Kitty Pride of the X-Men. And I, mm-hmm. I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Um, especially when he, he for one year, wrote uh, Astonishing X-Men and Kitty was like right right at the front of the uh, of that group. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I can see the influences between Buffy and uh, Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's so like, it's such a juxtaposition between who he is in real life versus what he's created because he's created these strong female characters. Yeah. It, it, strong it's... female protagonists. Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's a, he's not a feminist at all. Doesn't doesn't seem like that. I mean, uh, you, he ha- he hasn't made any comments on this, and, and we don't know his side. But more and more of the story, and more and more witness eyewitnesses are um, coming forward now, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's shocking, um, and it's really saddening uh, when another creator that you are um, look up to or have been mm-hmm. yourself is turning out not to be such a great individual. I mean, I don't really know him from Buffy and Angel. For me, mm-hmm. for me, it was Firefly. Uh, mm-hmm. I adore that show. It's I always listen to one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time, even though it was such a small run. But, um, and after, but after hearing this, and just, like, oh, I'm, I'm just kind of gutted. And I have to say this because... Uh, a firefly um uh someone had said to because uh, like my name like most people know me as mal right. or you know some people say mallory but mal yeah. and i remember talking to someone in there and it was like the first time i like i was meeting this person like oh did you take your nickname from <laughs> from malcolm Captain reynolds mal? from Malcolm Reynolds and I'm like no <laughs> my mom and dad have called me Mal. everyone has called me Mal since before Joss Whedon put it into a series okay <laughs> get over yourself I'm Mal <laughs> oh man yeah well, that's even like with the uh the Descendants too because my little cousin loves that whole Descendants series with all the the kids of uh, Disney villains. Okay. And the main character is Maleficent's daughter, and she's called Mal. I'm like, you know that she stole my name, right? <laughs> completely. So, completely. Uh, it's everyone's just copying me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we'll leave it out on a happy note that uh, Buffy yes. uh, was an awesome show. Uh, influenced it was. a lot of creators. Was a role model for a lot of girls. And mm-hmm. um, is going to be, you know, it's forever, ever looked upon as a uh, influential and um, groundbreaking show, um, no matter what kind of stories might come out of there since. But I think th- there enough goodness have come out of that show that hopefully will, uh, you know, not cover up, but will eclipse the the developing story that's that's leaving that if don't feel guilty watching the show like don't feel like oh you're just yeah kidding. don't because there's so many other people who worked on the show that um, so many people that put their magic touch on the show that 
that really, you know, what brought those characters, like, yeah, that they're actors, they have to read words on a page, but there's so much more nuance. There's so much more, you know, and, and I think why everyone is having such a hard time with ever thinking of this being remade is because the actors have really put their heart and soul into this oh, yeah. material. Yeah. The actors, the writers, the production crew, you can see a lot of love went into it. Um, so don't, mm-hmm. let, don't let a bad egg influence you. Ruin the whole batch. Of it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And that brings us to the end of the 1990s look of vampires. Next, we'll be covering 2000 up to present day in a sort of rapid fire session of our some of our favorite movies and television within the last two decades. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on May Contain Violence. We have a little bonus here for you, a little tribute to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Enjoy. Hello. Is anybody here? Hello. Hello. Oh, anybody's here? Can I help you? I was looking for some, well, books. I'm new. Miss Summers? Good call. Guess I'm the only new kid, huh? I'm Mr. Giles, the librarian. I was told you were coming. Great. So, um, I'm going to need perspectives on 20th century. I know what you're after. <clears throat> there we go. Book of the Vampire. That's not what I'm looking for. Are you sure? I'm way sure. My mistake. Let me just put this back. So what is it you said you... Oh. Well then. Maybe next time. Okay. What's the sitch? Sorry. You heard about the dead guy, right? The dead guy in the locker? Yes. Because it's the weirdest thing. He's got two little holes in his neck, and all his blood's been drained. Isn't that bizarre? Aren't you just going, ooh? I was afraid of this. Well, I wasn't. It's my first day. I was afraid that I was going to be behind in all my classes, that I wouldn't make any friends, that I would have last month's hair. I don't think, I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus, and I don't care. Then why are you here? To tell you that. I don't care. Which, I don't. And now I've told you. So bye. Is he, will will he rise again? The boy. No, he's just dead. Can you be sure? To make you a vampire, they have to suck your blood. And then you have to suck their blood. It's not like a whole big sucking thing. Mostly they're just going to kill you. Why am I still talking to you? 
You really have no idea what's going on, do you? You think it's coincidence, your being here? That boy was just the beginning. Oh, why can't you people just leave me alone? Because you are the slayer. Into each generation, a slayer is born. One girl in all the world, a chosen one. One born with the strength and skill to hunt the vampires. With the strength and skill to hunt the vampires, to stop the spread of their evil, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it, okay? I really don't understand this attitude. You, you've accepted your duty. You've, you've slain vampires before. Yeah, and I've both been there and done that. And I'm moving on. What do you know about this town? It's two hours on the freeway from Neiman Marcus. Dig a bit in the history of this place. You'll find a, a steady stream of fairly odd occurrences. Now, I believe this whole area is a center of mystical energy, that things gravitate towards it, that, that, that you might not find elsewhere. Like vampires. Like zombies, werewolves, incubi, succubi, Everything you've ever dreaded was under your bed, but told yourself couldn't be by the light of day. They're all real. What? You, like, sent away for the Time of the Life series? Uh, well, um, yes. Did you get a free phone? Um, the calendar. Cool. But okay, first of all, I'm a vampire slayer. And secondly... I'm retired. Hey, I know. Why don't you kill him? <laughs> I'm a watcher. I I haven't the skill. Oh, come on. Stick to the heart, a little sunlight. It's like falling off a log. <laughs> a slayer slays, a watcher... Watches? Yes. No. He he trains her. He, he, he prepares her. Prepares me for what? For getting kicked out of school? For losing all of my friends? For having to spend all of my time fighting for my life and never getting to tell anyone because I might endanger them? Go ahead. Prepare me. Intro and outro music by Greg Hatton.